Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. And a good morning, Birds fans. It's a hump day edition of uh, Mac and Mac, a.k.a. Birds 365, McMullen and McDonald. Uh, we start with an apology today. I'll be the one to apologize because I'm the reason that uh, we're a couple of minutes late here. And my buddy OG Philly guy already on the stream going, hey, thought you were supposed to start at 8 o'clock. Yeah, I know. We're a couple minutes late. Kind of like NBA and NHL start times for postseason yeah. games. They, they always list them, and you see the listing most often on the broadcast network that's got the games. Oh, they'll give you a half an hour at a time before it's ever going to start. They want you turning in for that pregame show. And even at that, they've had games that are supposed to start at 8. The, the tip-off is 8.22. What the hell? You're off by 20 minutes. If you're off by a minute or two, all right, I can take that. They're up by like 20 minutes, false advertising. People people are sticklers, man, Jody. People are sticklers. I got, you know, we're in what Nick Sirianni got hired in January of last year. So we're at about almost 18 months of, of the Nick Sirianni era. The next press conference he arrives to on time will be the first. Occasionally people are late. It's okay. Uh, Sirianni, uh, it's uh, Coach Sirianni time. This, I don't think we've reached the Mac and Mac time no. yet that uh, no. we're always here at 801. We're here on time more often than we're not. Today, we're yeah. a couple minutes late because we're having some scheduling issues, getting a couple guests up. Scrambling to get guests for the fans. We're Lock, always doing something. Locking the, the two yeah. guests in within 15 minutes of the start time of yeah. today's show. Uh, but we do have two good guests 
coming your way. All right, uh, J, uh, JM, here's where I want to start today. Because <clears throat> we did a little bit of it yesterday. I did it last night on my uh, uh, WIP show after the Phillies' 7 nothing loss at the hands of the Texas Rangers. And it has to do with uh, the newest Philadelphia Eagle, uh, Jaquiski Tart. A um, couple people here on the stream, a couple people on Twitter. Can't believe that I'm not over the moon with the signing of Jaquiski Tart that I think it's a solid signing. It's a good signing. The funny thing about it is, JM, and I know we talked about this yesterday, but 24 hours later, it's still the same issue. It's still the same song. We still don't know what contract he signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. You do this for a living. I just come on here and react. But you do it for a living, and every once in a while, uh, you might even get ahead of the story and be the guy uh, who who breaks a signing. Usually, I would put it at about two-thirds of the time when someone reports a signing within hours, not even date, within hours, we've got general outlines of a deal that, that an agent is going to get information out there. Different reporters have different ways, different sources to get information. Some have guys within organizations who might give them off-the-record details on a contract. Uh, sometimes the players themselves go to Twitter and or Instagram or whatever, and they leak their own contract. I just signed a uh, two-year contract with Team X for X amount of dollars. So there's a lot of different ways you can get that information. But I would I be right to say the one that most frequently happens is the agent getting the information to whatever media member he chooses to get details to a contract out there. Is that the most often way that a contract's details break? Uh, Yeah, 99 point, I'm going to go 5% of the time. It's the agent or or, um, when it gets the contract gets filed uh, with the union, the Players Association. I'm not going to say it's never coming from the team, but it's rarely coming from the team. It's always coming from an agent or the money aspect of it. Right, uh, that's what teams, we're talking about. Yeah, teams will confirm actual signings and things like that. But, um, And I'm not going to say Adam Schefter's never gotten it from some GM, but uh, very, very rarely it comes from uh, agents. And, and, and when the contract is actually filed, uh, with the players union interestingly and i have to check this because i haven't been you know it's the off season it's not that important i don't think the eagles have officially signed uh jaquaski tart yet uh and by the way i i keep saying jaquaski because that's the phonetic spelling the eagles so i don't know until i meet him and see what he wants to be called i'm gonna go with that but so that is one aspect of bookkeeping i want to explain to people and then the second is if 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 you go even if you go on the eagles website right now it says the eagles agree to terms with chikoski tart um and uh they don't have them on the roster page yet that indicates me pen has not been put to actual paper um and i haven't seen it come over the wire the 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 nfl has a transaction wire uh, every day comes out in the afternoon at about five, four or five. And um, it, it, so I don't think his signing is official yet at this point because it's the offseason. Nobody's in the building. He's right. probably not, you know, he, not here. 
they wait till so he's agreed to terms. So that's going to complicate things as well, unless the agent offers up the information, because it's going to be, it's going to slow down the filing of the contract because they haven't signed the contract yet. So uh, that slows down the filing as well. So that that's it's a strange part of the season, obviously, when you bring in a player during the dead period, um, and and so it'll probably take a little bit longer. No, and the point you make about it being a downtime for the league and that can slow things down does need to be taken into consideration. But usually when it takes this long, and when I say this long, I mean between the time that someone first reports that the team and the player have agreed to a contract, for the details to be added to that, usually it's a matter of hours. Okay, if it's a day or two, so be it. We're now looking at five days since it first was reported that uh, Tart was going to join the Eagles, and we still don't have the information. That does happen from time to time. Uh, again, I'll ask you to give me a percentage. When something like that happens, John, and we have to wait for the information to get out into the world, nine out of 10 times, 19 out of 29, uh, 19 out of 20, 29 out of 30 times, that means it's a team-friendly contract, that uh, the team is the one that when we all look at it and get evaluated, okay, that's a good deal for the team, uh, not yeah. big bucks, <clears throat> not uh, long-term. Most times when it takes this long to come out, it means that the team has gotten a good deal, correct? Yeah, well, what did I put, 99.5% on uh, whether it being the agent or agent leak info, yes. I'm, I'm going to go 99.9% .9 of the oh. time. Uh, uh, you always leave the door slightly ajar, as Howie Roseman would say. But no, I mean, it, 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 common sense, if you're an agent and you get a good deal for a player, you want to go screaming from the mountaintop and say, right. oh, look what I was able to do for my client, and that helps you with other clients, and all right. Wow. Yeah. So that's what it's about. And when it's not uh, as desirable and look, I'm, I, I think this is going to be very close to the better and minimum, if not the better and minimum, uh, nobody's bragging about it. It is what it is. It's just part of the process. And, you know, Joukowsky Tart is like a number of veteran players that ultimately you know, this will be his fourth NFL contract. He's over 30 now. So we know that what the league thinks of over 30 players, especially at certain positions and defensive back would be one of them. Um, it's, it's, it's good to be in the league at that point. And, you know, if you're getting a veteran minimum, there's nothing wrong with it, but nobody's going to brag about it. It, uh, you've written a couple articles on the acquisition, even though you're right, it's still not official in any way, shape, or form. The Eagles surely haven't confirmed it yet. It's not on their website. It's not on a league website. Well, they confirmed they agreed to terms, but there's a difference, uh, you know, agreed to terms. Right. Didn't they once agree to terms with Frank Gore? Uh, that's true. Okay. In, in so this case, I'm not, but that's what I'm trying to say. By no means is he backing out of the deal or anything of that nature. This is just um, timing probably more than anything else. So I'm not trying to say he's Tart's going to be an eagle. It's just a matter of trying to explain the 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 mechanics of the time of year and why things are taking a little bit longer from the contracts 
reveal standpoint as as normal. I'll borrow the John McMullen 99.9% uh, belief that I think he is eventually going to be a Philadelphia Eagles, just not completely 100% official yet. And we're missing some key uh, elements to the deal. That's the, the whole point I'm trying to drive home. I don't know if it was you yesterday, John, or if it was uh, uh, our buddy Chris Franklin. Someone evoked the name of Will Parks. That was Chris. I gave him credit Chris. for it. Because I and, yelled at my, I, I hit myself. I was like, I, I, I brought up all the old safeties, right. the veteran safeties, and I forgot Will Parks. Um, and he was a Philly, he's a Philly kid. Right. I know Will. And um, yeah, there was a lot of hype around Will Parks and it was. And undeserved. oh, by the way, guilty as charged. Yeah. Uh, I was part of the hype machine uh, two years ago when he signed as a free agent for the Eagles. In a tremendously similar deal to the one that I think Jaquitsky Tart will end up signing because he had signed his first contract. Tart actually signed a second contract with the Niners before signing a third contract with the Niners. The Eagles got Will Parks after just his rookie contract. They signed him away from the Denver Broncos, but it was basically the veteran minimum, which tells you Denver had offered him the veteran minimum. And he said, you know what? I can go home. Let me go home. I, I've been in out here, Arizona, Denver. He, he, after he left uh, Philly, graduated high school, went and played for Arizona, then gets drafted by Denver, spends four years there. So he's been away from Philly for seven or eight years. Eagles have some interest. He says, I'm coming home. And he signs here. Um, do you remember uh, my buddy, uh, uh, Brandon Cristal, who we had on yeah, from yeah. Denver? Good yeah. dude. You saw him at the game, you said, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good guy. Good guy, very good reporter. Uh, he's a former buddy of mine, produced for me when I was at Sirius XM, um, and a really good uh, Bronco reporter. So when I saw that the Eagles were going to sign him, I put in a call to uh, BK, because I know he knows the Denver players. He's got a good eye for talent and what they do and don't do. Uh, and also, uh, he, he was a really good for COVID hit reporter who got in and got to know all the players and the like. So I wanted a scouting report on Will Parks. And man, did he sing his praises. He said, Jody, you're going to love the kid. He plays with energy, plays with heart. He goes out there. He's not afraid to throw his body around. To Brandon's credit, he said, he's not the most talented player in the world. But if you want to talk about attitude and energy and the desire to do whatever it takes, uh, he's got a great personality. He's a Philly. He used to talk about Philly all the time with me when I would talk to him after games and stuff like that. So Brandon bent over backwards to tell me how much I was going to love Will Parks when he showed up here in Philadelphia. So I was, yes, guilty as charged. One of those guys who went on, ooh, excellent signing by Howie Roseman. This could could be a difference maker. He's going to grab a starting job the, for the Philadelphia. Sounds familiar. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, hey, you know what? The Eagles were proven correct uh, about Will Parks since, you know, they cut him. He's just been going. Hey, 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 hey. He's on the Jets. Is he the on the Jets, Jets now? Yes, sorry. Because the Eagles signed him uh, in 2020. So Doug Peterson's last year. Um, I can give you the Jets because I know it off the top of my head, and I just completely forgotten about him, and shame on me. Uh, after the Eagles let him go, didn't sign on with anybody. Um, the Chiefs, Andy Reid gave him a shot last year going into camp. They signed him during the offseason, brought him into camp. 
Oh, cut him before the season ever yeah. started. But yeah. He didn't make it out of camp with Andy last year. The Dolphins picked him up off the waiver wire. He was with them for a good couple weeks, if not a month or two. Um, the practice squad back and forth, uh, played in a couple of games, uh, got waived by the Dolphins. Jets claimed him, and he played the last two or three games for the Jets, including I think he started week 17 for them last year, and they re-signed him uh, to a contract during the offseason. Yeah, I, I um I'm just looking him up as we speak. So we left Philadelphia in 2020. He actually went back to Denver. He got Denver. Cut that's right. He went back the to the, the Broncos. Yeah. Reclaimed him first, and then and then the Chiefs, um, uh, as you mentioned. Then he was with San Francisco. Then Miami, and then the. Oh, Jets, I missed and then that Parkinson. one. I missed the 49ers. Yeah. How did he not supplant Jakiski Tart? If, if you're yeah. a big Jakiski Tart fan, there you go. Well, At that least was better uh, than Will Parks. Yeah, that, that was a uh, practice squad. He, the, the Niners signed him to their practice squad. Then the Dolphins signed him off the Niners practice squad. Right. Um, and then ultimately was claimed by the Jets. So since the Eagles released him, one, two, three, four, five teams, um, you know, Wilson, he does everything Brandon said. He's got a tremendous personality, uh, high-energy player. I remember at the time he got, you said, minimum deal. He did get a minimum deal. But he wanted to come back to Philadelphia. Yeah. He wanted to play here. The, the Lions offered him more. The Vikings offered him more. So he had better contract offers and came to Philadelphia. Ultimately, you know, and it's rare, and I thank Chris Franklin again, um, where you see a play and you go, oof. Uh, and, and they put Will Parks in the slot, and he was trying to cover a slot receiver, and I just went, oof. Uh, not going to happen. Not, that's not going to uh, work. Yeah. Now, if they used him just as a safety, obviously it didn't work out. But, um, and and he was younger. He was coming off his rookie deal yeah. with the with the Broncos when the when the Eagles signed him. So he's in that wheelhouse. So it was a bit of a disappointment. I think people looked at him. Whereas I mentioned with Tart, he he signed three contracts with the 49ers. He had his rookie deal. He re-signed a two-year deal. Then he re-signed a one-year deal, the veteran minimum last year. This is his fourth contract. So over 30 now, a uh, little bit different from that standpoint, but he's also far more proven. Look, Tart has played a lot of football on some very good defenses. That's the positive part. He's a far more proven player than say a Will Parks. So, you can look at it both ways, but the Eagles have a history of bringing in veteran safeties. Most of them haven't worked. We, we talk about that with linebackers, and, and Les Bowen, I see him popped in the green room. Les can talk about this as well, because they have signed a bunch of veteran linebackers that didn't work out on one-year deals. They've done the same thing at safety, uh, the exception probably Corey Graham, and they got half a season out of Andrew Sandejo. The rest of the guys um, – Jonathan Cyprian, they traded for. I mentioned him. Andrew Adams last year. Will Parks the year before. Nah, not so much. I'm just uh, mentioning this because uh, I got a couple of responses on Twitter. We had a couple of guys uh, both the last two days here on our stream suggesting that he's the best Eagle safety sign coming in. As John just pointed out, there's a chance he not in the on the Eagles 53-man roster the first game of the season. He's going to have to beat out certain players to even get a spot. He's a safety net, and safety net's a good thing. A, a veteran minimum safety net is a great thing. A guy who's been on a Super Bowl team 
is a great thing. It doesn't guarantee uh, that he's going to be a starter and or a big-time playmaker. It doesn't really even guarantee a spot on the roster. Uh, Will Clark did uh, Will Parks did make the roster, but he was gone before the season was over and done with. Yeah, I had to skim back on Will Parks because I bought the hype and said, this kid's going to come in and make plays. No, it never really happened. So uh, just a cautionary tale for some of you Eagle fans that I think are getting a little overexcited about your whiskey tart. All right, uh, we're going to take our first time out of the day. Yes, as John mentioned, our good buddy, Les Bowen, who I goofed up in almost not getting him on the show today. Uh, we'll give you the backstory <laughs> to that and get plenty of opinion from Les Bowen of NJ.com next year on Birds 365. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Mommy Slam Dunk Champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mama. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. John McBowen and Jody McDonald, your Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys. We are joined by an esteemed third colleague, 
Uh, you know him forever, writing for uh, Daily News Inquirer. He is now MrNJ.com, along with our buddy Chris Franklin. Uh, Les Bowen joins us here on Birds 365. And before we talk for Les, I need to apologize to him, as I've already apologized to the listeners because we got on two minutes late, or viewers, excuse me. Um, yesterday, I uh, reached out to him. Hey, can you come on with us on Thursday morning? He said, no, I'm going on vacay, getting out of town. Sorry, Jode. I could do tomorrow for you. I, okay, fine. So I reached out to Paul Domwich, who was going to join us at 8.20 today, and say, hey, Domo, you want to do Thursday instead? He said, Joe, whatever you need. I'll move to Thursday. I never reached back to Les and go, all right, you're <laughs> in for Wednesday. That's yeah, you kind of need to do that, McDonald. And I just, <laughs> it sunk in this morning. I don't know why I'm sitting here at the computer prepping at 6.50 or whatever time it was this morning. I got go, oh, shoot, did I ever text Les back? And realized that I didn't. That's why I started Sending text, I waited till at least 7 o'clock to send the first one because I don't like texting people before 7 a.m. Uh, yeah. But Les finally got the text and finally said, yes, I can come on. Thank you very much, Mr. Bowen. I apologize. Oh, no problem, Jody. I'm good. Uh, you know, I've even had my Cheerios, so I'm, I'm in good shape here. There As we go. I. You need the stamina. It is early in the morning. We appreciate it, Les. Uh so I guess we'll start at safety because we were talking about uh, Joukowsky Tart uh, before you came on. You have this sort of dichotomy. I think it's a, I, I think it's a very sensible signing. Obviously, it was a need for the Eagles. He's played a lot of football. He's played a lot of football for what has been a very good defense at times. But there's also a reason he's out there in mid June. And he signed in a one-year deal, and even though we don't have the details yet, or at least I don't, maybe yeah. you do, but uh, uh, I'm I'm guessing it's closer to the veteran minimum than not. Um, and, and that, you know, tells you this is not a guy who's brought in here to just take the job of Anthony Harris or Marcus Epps. So I've kind of phrased it this way, Les, and I want to get your thoughts. On September 11th, when the Eagles show up in Detroit, I think there's probably a 50-50 chance that uh, Tart is a starter. But I also think there's a 20-15% chance that he's not even on a 53-man roster. I think it could be that sort of uh, swing as far as Tart's impact on this team. That's a very good point, John. I, I was listening when I first uh, checked in. You guys were talking about the safeties in the past few years that they brought in that, for whatever reason, we thought were solid additions that really haven't been and, and haven't made the team or haven't stayed on the team. It's hard to say with Tart. I, I do think uh, chances are he's going to play. I don't know if he'll start. The first thing I thought about was uh, they used three safeties a lot. They, Marcus Epps was not really a starter last year, but he played 45% of the snaps. So, yeah. you know, this is a third guy. Uh, before this, the third guy would have been somebody that I can't even tell you. You know, if I saw the roster in front of me, I yeah. could. Kayvon Wallace, probably. Well, you Kayvon know. Wallace is who hasn't proven it but he that's a good probably, point but yeah. as you said I, I tend to forget about Kayvon Wallace yeah. because even though they drafted him in the fourth round and that was supposed to be a, a really oh boy they got somebody there 
he hasn't showed me anything in, no. in two years. I, you know, I, I don't know what to make of that either, but, um, what, but that does bring up a point I wanted to make about this is, uh, so Kayvon Wallace was a fourth round pick a few years ago. I would love to see them draft a corner or a safety in the first two rounds who was good. You know, they got to have to do that sooner or later. They keep signing these guys, uh, you know, these one year deals. Uh, yeah. They have, well, is, Bradbury's going to start. He's on a one year deal at corner. Harris is on a one year deal at safety. You know, this is uh, this is kind of how they do their their defensive backfield these days. And sometimes you strike gold, but a lot of times you don't. It would really be good to invest some draft capital in that area uh, sooner or later, and and have a guy that's going to be here for you know five years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, they yeah. could have had Kyle Hamilton less, but then you don't have Jordan Davis. Right. So, uh, yeah. you know, That's those are point. difficult decisions. But uh, the, the Cam Jurgens pick, you know, that was one that uh, a lot of us thought could have been something else, but uh, they didn't like the, the alternatives in the defensive backfield that yeah. were available at whatever, 51 overall or whatever it was. Um but yeah, that's that's kind of their philosophy is pick guys up here and there and put them together. And uh, with Jaquiski Tart, it's uh, it is interesting. The 49ers have, have been pretty good, and he ever since Kyle Shanahan arrived in 2017, Tart has been a starter. Yeah. Um, he's had some injuries and he's missed some games, but Kyle Shanahan really liked the guy. Uh, I think the uh, the taste that he left in the mouths of 49ers fans wasn't good because the last thing they will remember is in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, yeah. Matthew Stafford <clears throat> threw the ball right to him, mm. and he could have sealed the 49ers victory and sent them to the Super Bowl, and instead he dropped it. Uh, he was very forthcoming about that afterward and took all the blame and you know, really was a stand-up guy about it, but you know, still that—that's what happened. It's funny that uh, you mentioned the 49ers. Uh, we brought up Will Parks earlier, and I noted to John that he resigned with the Jets. He finished last season with the Jets. He resigned with the Jets. He didn't resign with the Jets till like March. It wasn't like they immediately got him done or uh, got it done at the end of last year. No, he got into free agent. Free agency started at a time. And the Jets head coach is the former defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. So if Robert Sala wanted to sign Jaquitsky Tart, he could have signed him back in February or March or April or May. And now we're into June and he's still sitting out there. So um, you might be right. Shanahan might have been the uh, big Jaquitsky Tart fan that kept him as the starters out there for San Francisco for as long as he was. I want to flop over to the offense for a second, Les. Mm-hmm. Have you put money aside yet for your hurt so good T-shirt? <laughs> because the quarterback of the Eagles has uh, got out. What, 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 what does John Mellencamp have to say about that? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that was on. my first thought yeah. is that uh, he might have to share those royalties or something. I can't believe that Mellencamp doesn't have any kind of, you know, you think. Or, or trademark. Now, is, that, is that song old enough that it's John Cougar Mellencamp? <laughs> 
or was that just John Mellencamp? Because at good, some point he dropped be. the cougar. Yeah, yeah. Could, I think her. Yeah, that was good. the cougar. Was the uh, the radio the uh, uh, record label's yeah. uh, idea okay. during the uh, punk rock era when he first started? They wanted him to be some kind of, you know. Uh, young uh, rebel kind of guy. And he wasn't, he dropped that as soon as he had the power to control his own image. You can't, but, you uh, can't, you can't be a rebel guy if you're going to sing, sing Little Pink Houses for you and me. No, that yeah. just doesn't go ahead. That doesn't make you a rebel singing Little Pink Houses. Yeah. It's all about fitting into the suit. Uh, I'm going way back to the old Brady Bunch. Who, Brady Bunch. I, who, who I remember fits that in, episode. Who fits into the suit? They were trying to do that with John Cougar, and then all of a sudden people recognize, hey, this guy's got some talent. He can actually sing. And yeah. then he can uh, he can do what he wants, and now we have John Mellencamp. Right. It hurts so good. Now we have a trademark dispute with the quarterback of the Eagles. Well, I, this is so interesting to me because it's a foreign – This all this stuff about clothing lines is something that I just don't – you know, it goes right over my head, but it's so prevalent. With oh, yeah. Guys. You know, it used to be they all wanted to be rap singers. Now they all want to have their own clothing lines. And I can't imagine what's involved in setting up your own clothing line. I mean, that has to be an incredibly intricate process. I know Jalen Hurts probably isn't like, you know, picking out the fabrics and, and stuff like that. But, you know, it just seems like a very involved thing and a very uh, esoteric thing to get involved in. Uh, and And I can't imagine that unless Jalen Hurts really, 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 really hits it big, 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 that this is ever going to go anywhere. Yeah, it's it. you, you, you remember uh, last when Jalen said rent is due for the first time, and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, uh, I think it was Lane showed up with a rent is due hat. Uh, yes. And they got that. That was Rodney. Rodney McLeod's, uh, uh, he's got his own clothing line and he got that on a hat malcolm jenkins has his own store uh yeah. clothing store still in philadelphia yeah it's kind of amazing but uh hey you know i encourage people you know if you have a passion go do it and malcolm's been very successful um in, in jalen's case you're right though i mean i i don't know if it's fair or not but when things like that happen, there's going always going to be a certain group of critics that say, you know, focus on football, do this, do mm -hmm. that. What's your take on, on on Jalen Hurts and where he is and 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 trying to do things like this? Is it much ado about nothing, or is there something to it? Well, I think if you're around Jalen Hurts, I don't think you you worry too much about that. I mean, I assume that. He is the person that everybody says he is, his teammates and his coaches. And he's very, very focused on football. In fact, we've part of the conversation has been, does he work too hard? Does he, you know, yeah. does he give himself a, enough uh, time away from it? And that maybe this is a good indication that he does. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's, it strikes me as something that, like I said, he's – this is something he's lending his name to, I would guess. I mean, I don't know. I haven't talked to him about it, but I doubt very seriously that, that he's heavily involved, you know, that he's taking time off from studying film or, or working out to, uh, 
Or he's to, getting a fabric. He's going yeah. to uh, faraway lands to get worrying uh, about hell fabric this yeah. spring or anything like that. But I, yeah, maybe we'll see him on Shark Tank. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, in case Jalen is watching or one of Jalen's friends, advisors, whatever else, I'll give you a little design uh, suggestion. Uh, hurt so good on the front, on the back. Picture of a rat with a little bottle with the uh, skull oh, and crossbones on yeah. it. Big circle, red line through it. Uh, no rat poison. Hurt so good on the front, no rat poison on the back. Boom. Sell thousands of them, Jalen. Go ahead. Get back to working out and getting ready. for. Oh, that's right. Deagles <laughs> don't work out. But I'm getting oh, off topic here. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I think we talked to, to you about this before, Les, but uh, if we haven't, let's double down. Eagles had the easiest couple of pra couple of get-togethers. I can't even call them practices uh, this offseason. We've talked about and debated as to whether it's the right thing to do and stay injury-free, and their doctors will point to the fact that they had uh, that many less injuries last year. How concerned are you that when camp opens up, this team is going to be a little behind and they're going to be playing catch up all the way until the opener? A little. Uh, we have to, the injury thing is a big deal. I mean, th this team was so beset by that the last few years of Doug Peterson's tenure. It was a huge part of, of what happened. Um, even though Doug was not a taskmaster when it came to off-season workouts, nonetheless, uh, you know they. A lot of it was they had a lot of older guys that were just always injured. But we'll see how if if the injury thing holds up again. It, my point is if if Sirianni is right about this, and they again are among the least uh, afflicted teams in the league, then he's probably doing the right thing. But they did get off to a two and five start last year. Um, there was a new coaching staff that was feeling its way. We're hoping that they're not going to be that, uh, you know, that they've learned some things that they don't have to relearn, but we don't know if any of that had to do with the laxity of the off season work, the lack of off season work. Um, it is something that's a little, uh, unorthodox. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see, uh, there are, this is still a pretty young group. Uh, you've added a lot of pieces in the old days. I know when you added pieces, you wanted to really, you know, get those pieces meshed in and have everybody knowing, you know, exactly where all their teammates are in the, in the scheme and all that stuff. And seven on seven doesn't give you that really. No. So we'll have to see They're putting a lot of stock, I think in these, uh, practices, joint practices in Cleveland and in Miami. I don't know why we have to go to these places. I think that should make the teams coming here. Yeah, but, I uh, agree with you. I don't want to be in it up, guys. Yeah. Take it on the road, you two. Yeah, but uh, that's that's going to be uh, that's where that's where it at where it's at these days in the NFL is the is the joint, joint practices. practices. It is a seventeen game season now. You know. And uh, if you make the playoffs, you're playing into mid-January. And, you know, uh, there is a lot to be said for this approach. But uh, I am. There's a sort of, in the back of my mind, uh, doubt about this, yes. 
Um, you, you know, the joint practices less, I'm, I'm in agreement with, I think, I think it was Doug who explained, um, first explained, look, if we want to work on red zone or third downs, we got to hope that pops up in the game. We can script it in, in joint practices. And I said, yeah, right. that makes some sense. Uh, so I'm, I'm with the Eagles as far as that, but I, I do want to flesh out something you said you, when you were talking about the injuries. You mentioned if, if Nick is right, Nick Sirianni is right. Is Nick making these decisions? Because I, I've yet to meet the yeah, football coach. I, I say all the time that doesn't want to practice, and Nick doesn't seem like that guy. I mean, he loves ball as he always right. loves talking about it. Wants to be. I find it very hard to believe that Nick Sirianni has 13 available practices and says, all right, let's cut this back to six. I got to believe this is Howie Roseman, Arsh Denota, and a young coach that doesn't have the mm -hmm. power to get fined $100,000 like Mike McCarthy and Ron Rivera for doing a little bit too much physicality. I, I, am I yeah, off pace? So. You know, he seems, Nick seems to uh, certainly publicly uh, – support all of this you don't hear anything in yeah. his his you know there are ways of getting across i guess if you weren't real happy with this and you, you thought it was a mistake there are ways to sort of put it off on the medical staff or something uh he hasn't really done that but i don't know i don't know whose impetus it is uh i would like to think that given his good decent first year uh, given the fact that the Eagles want to build around this coach, that if he said, if he put his foot down and said, you know, looky here, we're not doing this. We're, we're going to have at least a couple more practices that they would say, okay, you know, here's Allie, the dog. Yes. All right. That's Allie. Welcome to the show, Allie. We're a you want to get up in the show. chair? Is that what yeah. we're doing here? It's a small <laughs> chair. That, that doesn't bother her much. Yeah. No. I'm with you. Very large dog, though. Good for Allie. Uh, yes. Get him in there. Uh, get yeah. her in there uh, pressuring the quarterback. All right, let's, that's where I want to go. Eagles made some significant additions during this offseason. Um, three players north of $10 million per. That would be Bradbury at the corner. Hassan mm -hmm. Reddick coming off the edge. And, of course, A.J. Brown uh, going to be a big target for Jalen Hurts. Bradbury, 10. Uh, Reddick, about 15. Average per. Uh, mm -hmm. New heights for A.J. Brown at almost $25 million apiece. Contribution for the team coming up this year. Is it as easy as their salaries? Brown, one. Reddick, two. Bradbury, three. Is there a chance one of those could leapfrog one of the others? Rank the three top Eagle acquisitions for me this offseason and how you think they're going to have the biggest impact on the team this year. I had not thought about that, Jody. That's an interesting uh, topic. Let's, you know, I just off the top of my head, I think Bradbury could be uh, as important as any of the other two, really. Uh, that second corner spot is is crucial to me. Um it depends on how it works out. I mean, if Bradbury is really good, everybody says he's very good for a zone scheme, which, you know, Jonathan Gannon likes to run. Uh, he could be, if they have a really good pass defense, he, he could be as important as either of the other two. Uh, 
Uh, Reddick, I, I'm a little, I'm sure Reddick, I'm glad Reddick's here. You know, he's a local guy. It's a great story. He's been kind of an underdog his whole career, except for getting drafted in the first round. But he walked on at Temple. He was hurt most of his high school career over here at Haddon Heights, right near where I'm speaking to you from. Um, you know, he's he had his ups and downs uh, with the Cardinals. Um, I, I'll, all of in in service of saying, I'm not sure Reddick is going to, you know, jump right in here and have 15 sacks. I mean, I hope he does, but we'll just see. He's been really good in some situations. He's, he's not been as effective in other situations. And we don't really know exactly what they're going to ask him to do. And, uh, you know, I, I'm more sure about Bradbury and Brown than I am about Reddick, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, but I, I do like all three signings. And I think they'll, they should all three have a pretty big impact. But I do like Bradbury as much as either the other two. Uh, at Les Bowen, I'm going to let you – last one from me because it looks like Allie wants Dad to take her for a walk. So, uh, I, I do want to direct everybody to NJ.com and Les's latest, which is uh, about the signing of uh, Joukowsky Tart. Um so I want to go back to Tart. You you mentioned at the beginning, Les, the Eagles used, you know, he, uh, heavy three safety sort of philosophy mm-hmm. last year. Uh, Marcus Epps playing about 45% of the snaps along with Rodney McLeod and Anthony Harris. Um, do you think the linebackers changed that mentality? In, in well, other words, because yeah. Kaiser White is here and he's got the ability to cover Nicobe Dean, we'll see how healthy he is. We didn't get a good feel for that, certainly in the hour and a half. We got to watch this team in OTAs. Uh, but you add those to T.J. Edwards and Davion Taylor, and all of a sudden the Eagles finally have some bodies at least with some upside at linebacker. Do you think that changes the philosophy of three safeties versus two linebackers, <laughs> big nickel versus something else? You know, I lost part of that there, uh, John, but the linebackers uh, being a big part of it this year as opposed to playing three safeties a yeah. lot, yeah. that's quite possible. We just don't know yet. You know, I mean, we have no idea from what we've seen. That's another thing with the team not even lining up 11 on 11 in the spring. Yeah. Stop uh, there are the physical players. The, the guys who play physical positions, yeah. offensive, defensive line, even running backs, linebackers, can't get a good feel for them. No, they get nothing out of this, I don't think. I mean, if they're rookies, then they learn, you know, formations, I guess, sort of. But I, you know, I, I don't know what. And they've watched a lot of film, I guess, is the biggest thing. But, yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do uh, with the defense and, and how they're going to align the back end. It, it, they have a lot of options, Uh they brought a lot of guys in that can do different things. And, uh, you know, Reddick early in his career played, did a lot of coverage stuff. Yeah. Uh, that was back in the days when he wasn't considered a great first round pick. So, you know, I don't think, I don't know if they'll go back to that again. I doubt it. I think they just brought him in to go get the passer, but I guess we'll see. (laughs) All right. Last one for me, Les. Should Eagle fans be concerned? 
that Dan Snyder has got so mm. much going on that his tenure as owner of the Washington Redskins is actually circling the bowl. That's not necessarily a good thing for the Eagles, the Giants, the Cowboys, anyone in the division, because let's be honest, the, the Skins slash football team slash commanders have not been all that great since Mr. Snyder got a hold of that franchise. It might not be a good thing for any of his competitors if he is forced to sell the team. The story yesterday breaking, going back to 2009. Yeah. 2009 incidents are now leaking out about sexual misconduct from him. Can this guy actually continue to run that football team? You know, I hope not. I hope they do do something, even though you're right. It would be possibly uh, bad for the Eagles in terms of Washington being a better better operation, less yeah. of a joke. But I don't think – I think you have to look past that to what actually this guy has done. And, and you know, you want – I mean – that should be a strong franchise. It should have a decent stadium, which it doesn't. Um, there was a lot of hubbub down there over getting bypassed for the World Cup, the soccer, yeah. because because they have a terrible stadium and because it's Dan Snyder. Um, I would just like to see that happen for the good of the sport and for the good of, you know, there are a lot of people down there that are good folks, you know, that's been following that team forever. And, you know, I – I think you worry about them being a, a, a really good organization when it actually happens. But uh, yeah, I, I, I hope this is uh, if, if he doesn't get bounced because of this, it really disappoints me and it makes it seem like there's two sets of rules in the NFL, one for the players whom Roger Goodell has control over and one for the owners whom Roger Goodell serves. And I don't think that's a that's a healthy way for a league to run. I know in other like the NBA, uh, uh, you know, they kicked out an owner a few years ago. Yeah. Um, I, I do think you can do well, the NFL has done it with Jerry Richardson. Yeah, you know? Jerry Richardson. And yeah. I don't even think the allegations in that uh, situation were as damning as these have been. I think maybe in that situation, they were aided by the fact that maybe Richardson was willing to move on. You know, he was an older guy and yeah. I don't know him, but, you know, I think he he stepped out of the way voluntarily or at least with a minimum of, you know, I don't know if Snyder would sue them or what he would do. He certainly has no intention, it would seem, of of giving this up easily. But, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that. I think it would be good for everybody if he got out of it and they had a, you know, responsible, decent owner uh, down there in Washington. Speaking of good folks, that's one of the reasons why we have Les Bowen on, because he's good folks. He's more worried about the overall uh, strength of the league than what's best for the Philadelphia Eagles, because keeping Dan Snyder in place might actually be best for the <laughs> Eagles. But uh, we're kind of with the area. Maybe good a, competition makes you stronger, Jody. You know, there I, you go. Good yeah. attitude. You sound like yeah. you coached at one point, Mr. Bowen. <laughs> good, good coach speak there. Let's uh, appreciate it. No, you're going to get some vacay in. Enjoy. Thank you very much, fellas. Thanks, Les. Les Thank Bowen you. with dog in tail. And speaking uh, of Roger Goodell testifying today, Jody McDonald, virtually.
He's uh, testifying. Is uh, Dan Snyder the guy who most of these hearings are about? Is he going to testify? No, he can't get a good Zoom connection in France. Can't do it. Can't do it. It's well known. Uh, can't get a good connection. Is Do you think he's... Is Norman Brayman... Oh, I should start here. Is Norman Brayman still alive, do you know? I, that's a good question. I don't... I, I, I can't imagine he is, but I'd have to look it up real quick. Because this uh, was a time of year when Norman Brayman would always hightail it to France. Yeah. Before the season started, you... Oh, if it's an option, I recommend it uh, if you can go to France. Uh, it's beautiful. So You've been? Uh, no, I haven't. I'd like and how to. the hell do you know? Because I, I know many people that have been there. Okay. They rave about it, Jody. I, I don't know. I've never been, and I don't know many people who have been there either. But yeah. if you got it, a couple extra bucks, you, know, you can go to France, yes. As somebody uh, on Twitter puts a sort of one of those things uh, about 30 different um, places, landmarks or things around the United States um, and, and said the average person has seen five of these and you're supposed to count up how many you've seen. And I was at 25. I was at wow. 25 in, in the, you know, I've been everywhere in the U S but I don't, I don't, the only places I've been outside the U S are Canada and Mexico. That's it. That's it. I did, did go to Ireland. Oh, shoot. I went to Russia when I was just a high school student for a history trip. Uh, that was that's, pretty significant. Yeah, yeah. That's significant. But I'd and, love to go to your, my wife's been to London a bunch of times, but I, I've never gone. I've always wanted to go to London. Maybe, maybe when I get, older maybe Probably when not. the eagles but get now, a london game but now uh now i don't want to go now i used to like traveling when i was younger now i don't want to travel well but you got if if they're going to if the eagles going to play a london game you got to volunteer john you got to you can't can't wriggle out of that when you got to say all right i'm in for london if the powers that be want to send you there all right powers that be tell me we got to get a timeout in here uh we'll come back I'm going to ask the question I asked of Les to John about the three biggest additions for the Eagles this offseason. How would you rank them? Who's going to be the most productive? Uh, a couple other things before we get Mike Gill from the Sports Bash down at the Jersey Shore, 97.3 ESPN. Gill's going to join us coming up about 25 minutes from now. So you want to stick around with us here on Birds 365. of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank at action news we cherish every moment and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world never miss a moment trust the people at action news 
in Philadelphia. We celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. We are the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We've still got plenty to do um, before we uh, ski-daddle on out of here, including talking to Mike Gill. He'll uh, be joining us about 20 minutes from now, somewhere thereabouts. Um, uh, Having uh, fun breaking down some aspects of the Eagle roster. I got to give credit to a couple of our tweeters here. Uh, Dominique Dabney, who I referenced yesterday, who is doubling down on the fact that Jaquiski Tart is the best safety on the Eagle roster right now, uh, going so far as to even questioning whether John and myself watch football because we are not <laughs> I, going. I, I'm, I'm going to enjoy when uh, the season starts, Jody. Going to enjoy that. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah, we, we've both been known to watch football from time to time, uh, Dominique, but thanks for, uh, uh you, you know, you're it. never getting the apology when it doesn't work out as they presume. All right. But... Um, and, uh, Dominique second, t- uh, tweet, uh, second, uh, response. Imagine saying that Tart might not make the roster. Tell me you don't really watch football. Uh, no, we do watch football, and neither John nor I said he's not going to make the roster. We just said it's a possibility. You said it. I absolutely agreed with you. People hear what they want to hear, Chetty. There's there's a chance. I said, not... it, I, I said he's probably, it's more likely he's going to start week one in Detroit. But there is a chance, because of his contract, if he shows up in the summer... And he doesn't perform well, and it's clear to the Eagles that Anthony Harris is better option. Marcus Epps is a better option. Kayvon Wallace turns the corner. There is a chance, because it won't hurt them at all, that they just move on, just like they did with Will Parks and Jonathan Cyprian and Andrew Sandejo and Andrew Adams and everybody else. 
that much of the fan base has said, oh, that's going to be a big part of our team. That's all I'm saying. None of those that you just ran down made it through the entire season. So uh, Tart Tart may make opening day and then at some point during the year be released. Or he might start all 17 games. John and I both also said that. He might grab a starting job and start all 17 games. The, the fact that he's their best safety is the best safety on the team. Oh, I'd, I'd argue that with you. That, that, that I'm not going to say. Could he start all set? Could he beat out either Epps? Um, I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but uh, they uh, do show some loyalty with this organization. So I don't think it's going to happen. We're going to have to wait and see. So what, what you can say is he's more proven than Marcus Epps. Uh, the Eagles would prefer, certainly, that Marcus Epps uh, win that job. Uh, is he more? Well, which proven? is more important? John, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but which do you think, in the eyes of Jonathan Gannon and the, the the Eagles' overall coaching staff, which do you think is more important, proven in the league or proven within the Eagles organization? Which would take precedence? Because you're right, Tart's been in the league longer. He's got more starts under his belt. He's never started a game for the Eagles. He's never played a game for the Eagles. Mr. Well, Epps has you know, a couple years now, as a matter of fact. Here's what I don't get with fans, and I, I say this all the time. NFL more than even other sports, but sports as a whole, it doesn't exist in a stasis because you were a good player at one point doesn't mean you're a good player in perpetuity. Everybody uh, increases. Everybody gets better. Sometimes they get worse. Generally, as you age, you you tend to get worse with the obvious exception that we always put in of Tom Brady um, hasn't happened yet. Um, so you're saying, well, Joukowsky Tart was on, as I mentioned, and that's the part being left out. Very good defense, very, very significant contributor on a very good defense. So let's talk about the guy in the house. That's proven at least from an NFL standpoint, and that's Anthony Harris. Well, I... You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Show me the year where Chikwaski Tart 
led the NFL in interceptions because Anthony Harris did that. Show me the year where Jaquaski Tart was graded as the best, number one, numero uno safety in football by pro football focus because Anthony Harris was. But I think Eagles fans got to see Anthony Harris as a descending player. He's not that player any longer. Doesn't mean he wasn't that player. He was that player to the point where he was franchise tagged, not given a one-year minimum salary deal. A little bit of a difference in those two things, John. Franchise tagged Anthony Harris in the Eagles building. So if you're going to just rely on what people have done in the past, you're going to be a really crappy general manager because things move quickly in the National Football League. Right. And if you're an Eagle fan, you watched every snap of all 17 games last year because you're a Birds fanatic. God bless you. I'm guessing you didn't watch every snap of all San Francisco 49er games last year. Although some guys talk like they did and they've broken down film and spent 12 hours uh, researching and uh, giving uh, scouting reports on what Jaquaski Tart did well and did poorly a snap in and snap out for the 49ers. If, if you can make that claim, God bless you, but I don't believe you. Um, Paul Mancini, another one of our commenters, made an interesting comment on the safety position. He said he thinks there's a good chance Kayvon Wallace does not make the roster. Now, you oh, and I, have... I, I think there's a good chance of that as well. But I, I would say the Eagles hope the light comes on uh, for Kayvon Wallace. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, time is running out for Kayvon Wallace. No question about that. All right, then give me a percentage breakdown. Um Sachere is a key special teams player, right? They really like him on the special teams. They do, but, you know, you also have to realize he got benched late last year as one of the um, um, uh, gunners on punt coverage. So I I don't think he's quite as entrenched as people think, but, um, but he, he is, was one of their better special teams players. Um, and generally, when you get down to the fourth safety, you're going to get you're going to want um, a good special teams player. So that kind of rules out uh, a veteran that would rule out Tart or Anthony Harris. So if they're not contributing, they're not going to be kept around as that that fourth safety is is kind of what I'm saying. All right. If we acknowledge that both Tart and Wallace are probables to make the, the every week uh, 50, uh, 53 man roster. Which one is more likely if someone else jumps up and wins a spot where they need special teams, a guy like Saturday, which one is more likely to get cut? Wallace or Tart? Um, say that again, Jody. I was looking up at we assume Harris. If we assume Epps uh, is starting. Yeah. Um, and we and that's why I asked you about Sachere. If he is a key special teams guy, might not be the best safety, might only be the fifth best safety on the roster, but he's their best special teams player, which might be able to move him ahead of whoever is their fourth safety. Out of Kayvon Wallace and Jaquiski Tart, 
which one is more likely to not even make the team? I would say Kayvon uh, is more likely. Here's how I describe Harris versus Tart, which is what I think it will be. I think Epps will be a starter, and I think either Harris or Tart will be a the other starter. Um, if one of them comes in to the summer and comes into training camp, it just performs poorly. They're out. They're gone. Uh, if they both play well and they want to use what we were talking about with less, they want to use a three safety package. They'll both be here and they'll use that three man rotation. And that's why I bring up the linebackers. Things have changed a little bit. Where does Kaiser white, factor in where does Nicobe Dean factor in where does Davion Taylor factor in so it could be another position that also kind of helps them uh, make a decision at safety but what I was looking up because yeah people don't realize how good Anthony Harris was earlier in his career so I looked it up Jody 2018 number three of 93 wow in the entire NFL 2019 number one of 84 number one of 84. Now Eagles fans got to look at Anthony Harris. He's no longer that player. I think we can all agree with that. Uh, By the way, if you just uh, appease me for a second, you got the rankings in front of you. I I have Anthony's. I can, I'm going to look up tarts in a second. Uh, 2020, so re- remember these, Jody, and I'll look. 2020, uh, he was 38 of 94, so the descent started last year is 53 of 92, um, you know, which is mediocre. And basically, that's sort of what he was, mediocre, uh, a mediocre player, and I think everybody w- would agree with that. Uh, Tart. The highest he ever reached was 16th of 87 in 2017, 2018, 54 of 93, 2019, 49 of 84, 2020, 43 of 94, 2021, 72 of 92. And what, what the hell is the difference between Tart and Anthony Harris? You're sitting here. You have Anthony Harris, who's one of the best safeties in football for a, a, a two to three year period. Um, again, leading the NFL in interceptions, um, arguably the best center fielder at that time in the league. And, 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 and we don't watch football. You got Anthony Harris in your building and you don't know about Anthony Harris, but you think, you know, about Joukowsky Tart? Come on. Um, just so we try and put it in a proper perspective when he was the number one ranked safety from pro football focus, which again, I always feel the need to do this. Don't always agree with everything pro football focus does. A lot of times I do agree. I know how much, and we've had a couple of guys from pro football focus. I was the guests. Uh, John knows them as well from CNN and press boxes. Like they put the work in, they break down film. They crunch the analytics. They don't just do this off the top of their head. They put a lot of effort into coming up with these lists and rankings and the like. Sometimes I'm 100% on board, and other times I end up scratching my head going, what the hell are they talking about? Uh, So I want to put pro football focus in at least my focus. Number one overall safety in the NFL. I, I, I would have to ask the question, how? I don't know that at any point that I think Anthony Harris was the best safety in football. 
but statistically, probably because of the interceptions that you just ran out there. If you could quickly look up for me, 2019, when he was the number one overall safety, who did he beat out? Who did they have as the second, well, third? One would, one would be his teammate. I, I don't have access to the – they don't okay. go you back don't have to that. His, historical so, 2019 so one would be his teammate, uh, Harrison yeah, who, Smith. Oh, oh, by the way, I think Harrison Smith every well, day and, of the and, week and 10 times on Sunday over Anthony Harris at any juncture during their career. Well, I agree with that. But but here's the thing that people don't understand. And this is what I always say about pro football focus. Was Anthony Harris ever the best safety in football? No, I agree with you, Jody. Part of the reason he was great is because he got to play next to Harrison Smith. I think everybody understands that. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, he's that good. Um, but when 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 they put you up in the top five or the top ten, that means you're playing well. There yeah. might be, you know, at the time, that defense was, if not number one in the league, they they had that three year run where they were top five. So they were number one, they were number two, and then I think they were number four, three consecutive years. So they had a great defense. Number one, they had great. They were great up front. They, they were great at linebacker, and they were great in the back end, at least as great as you can be in the modern NFL. That plays into it as well when you're playing with uh, potential Hall of Fame players and pro bowlers and and and, and that type of talent. Uh, that certainly helps you and helps elevate you. But that's why I threw in the contract point of it. Oh, he played well. He played well to the point of, Okay, we're going to franchise tag you because we don't want to lose you, and then and then it had the descent, um, and the descent began. Look, I'm just saying there was one. You know, you could say Anthony Harris isn't as good as as Harrison Smith, or you know, was never as good as Minka Fitzpatrick or some of the great safeties well, in this I'll, league. I'll give you a guy. Malcolm Jenkins, I know it was his last year or in Malcolm Jenkins, but he was still Pro Bowl level safety. Well, Malcolm, Malcolm wasn't the same player as his career moved on. He wasn't, especially in coverage. Great player, but that's a that's a point. And Malcolm's a, a, a much better player overall. Nobody's arguing that kind of stuff. But the point I'm trying to argue is he was a good player. And he's an average player now. And that's what happens in, in this league. Uh, and generally, the contract tells you a lot of that information. All right, JM, uh, I want to get you on the record. The question I asked less, so I want to put it to you. When Mike Gill joins us coming up in less than 10 minutes, I'm going to ask him as well. Three major offseason additions for the Eagles this year. Jaquiski Tart. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> can't, can't let it go. Um Certainly, uh, A.J. Brown outside, uh, that via a trade and two free agent acquisitions. Hassan Reddick immediately when free agent started and James Bradley pretty damn close to immediately when he became available. All three will be making at least $10 million this year. Brown, <coughs> excuse me, I actually think Brown's going to make less because he's on the last year of his contract, right? The extension doesn't kick in till next year. I don't know the exact workings of his deal. They might have combined it into one big contract to move money around. But uh, the 
contract extension is for $25 million per year. Yeah. Hassan Reddick got three for 45, so 15 million a year, and Bradbury got one for 10. So they're all at 10 million plus, at least in the per year status across the contract that they signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. Is it that easy because of the money they're getting paid that, all right, well, it's Brown one, Reddick two, Bradbury three, or is there wiggle room in there? Can Reddick top Brown? Can uh, maybe Bradbury top Reddick. Those were the three biggest Eagles acquisitions, unless you want to argue with me and tell me there's yeah. another one you want to put in that Well, mix. it depends what your definition is. So I'm going to ask you, is it going to be like, you know, is it going to be statistics-based, splash-based, people making big plays-based? Because I think, I think, the most important acquisition to the Eagles in this off season, if he's as advertised um, and there's a big if because he's a projection uh, is, is, is Davis is because that changes. That's what Jonathan Gannon wants to run on defense. And he wasn't able to do it last year because he did not have the player to accomplish it. He did not have the zero one technique run stuffer uh, who can uh, stop the run on the interior. And then you can do more things on the back end in coverage. So I think Jordan Davis projects, at least if the Eagles are correct and he is what they think he is, I think he is the most important piece they've added. Most important piece. I don't think anybody's going to notice it. I don't think anybody's going to care because nobody cares about somebody tying up two blockers up so two somebody blockers, else yeah. can make a play. Nobody's going to notice. Nobody's going to care. So from a splash standpoint, yeah, it's going to be AJ because he's going to have the most opportunities. He's going to get the football thrown to him. He's going to get noticed. He's going to score touchdowns. He's going to catch passes. Then it's going to be Reddick because he's going to sack the quarterback. And he's going to be the first edge rusher they've had with double-digit sacks. It's Connor Barwin. Um, those are the players that people are going to notice. So Brown, it's sort of, to me, it becomes Brown versus Reddick. Uh, but the most important addition to this team, in my estimation, is Jordan Davis. Right. But uh, other than what, you perceive he's supposed to do on every single play, you got to have some way to quantify it. And stats are the way we usually quantify in football. And you're right. He's just not going to be a stat grabber for those of uh, inside and understand what every single aspect of every single play, what a player does and how it affects every other player. You're right. Jordan Davis could be huge. Here's the reason why I, I think you're overstating it a little. I just don't think he's going to play enough to do that. The, uh, give me your best guesstimate. And, of course, you got to factor in injury years, and none of us know anything about injuries, although we do know the Eagles will have less because they practice less in the offseason. Um, but uh, defensive tackle rotation, how many plays do you think? What's the percentage of plays do you think Jordan Davis is going to play here in year number one? 40 to 50%. He's a two-down player early in his career. But I don't care, Jody. I don't care. I'm like J.G. I don't give a flying 
You know what about two down players? Shouldn't that be sixty six percent of the snaps, John? No, well, it over uh, by two down player. It's obviously just a descriptor. Um, He he's going to play anywhere from forty to fifty percent of the snaps. Um, If 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 third and one turns into third nine because of Jordan Davis, he impacted the game, even though he's not on the field on third down. That, that to me, is more important. Um, third and one, because he can't stop the run, and it's an easy conversion for the imposing offense. All right. That, you know, the, the analytics people, Alec Hallaby will tell you how important that is because they're doing the deep dives into the, the real crunching of the advanced numbers. Um, and, and it's hard to explain to the average fan who thinks, you know, Joukowsky Tart is Harrison Smith that, um, y- you know, you can have an impact on a game and not even be on the field on third down because of what you did on first and second down. But it's real. But it's real. And that's what Jonathan Gannon wants. And it was important to him. And you can criticize him, and I'll be, you know, if you want to criticize Jonathan Gannon for not adjusting sort of like Nick Sirianni did, and he wanted to run this uh, uh, run this system, and he's got Ryan Kerrigan playing 4-I and um, um, Josh Sweat playing 4-I technique, and they shouldn't be playing that, feel free. But that's what he wants to run, and he'll be able to run it this year because he's got the big nose tackled to do it um and he's going to be impactful if they have a good defense and again this is all projection because we don't know if jordan davis is is going to be a good player if he's as advertised he's going to be the most important addition to the philadelphia eagles yeah uh, i can't i can't get there with you i hear what you're saying but uh they still have javon hargrave and fletcher cox here so I don't see Gannon, even if this is the core of his beliefs, pulling those two guys off the field to get uh, Davis uh, for that many more snaps. They're not going to play the same position, Jody. They're not. Uh, Javon and, and Fletcher aren't going to play the same position as Jordan Davis. Um, they're going to be they're going to be four eye guys. They're going to have three interior players. They're going to have the, the nose tackle, the zero technique. Uh, and this is first and second down in theory. You're going to have the two four eyes. Um, you're going to have the two overhang players. Um, and that's what your front's going to be. Um, and I point everyone, uh, you know, in September 11th watch, you're going to see Vic Fangio and Brandon Staley. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I don't think I'm going to be wrong. And if, if, if you're going to see Vic Fangio and Brandon Staley, Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave aren't playing the same position as as Jordan Davis. Right, but are you suggesting that all three of them are going to be on the field at the same time? At times, yeah, at yeah, times. I think that's going to be very infrequently, very infrequently. I think you can only get two of those guys on the field at the same time. All right, we'll, uh, we'll put that question to Mike Gill, our buddy from the sports staff down at Jersey Shore. He's going to join us next here on Birds 365.
Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to look, fake a mom. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Wednesday edition of Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Go ahead, punch that like like button. Give your boys Mac-a-Mac a little love. We could use it. Help with our algorithm or whatever the hell you do on YouTube. Uh, thank you for, very much for tuning in. Uh, thanks to Mike Gill, our buddy from down the shore at the Sports Fest for hopping on with us. Last minute uh, addition to the lineup. Uh, we had Mike a little bit late today, but he said, damn, I'll get up for you guys. <laughs> Mr. Gill, how are things down ashore? So you're lucky that I'm a guy who gets up and walks the beach early in the morning. So you got me, uh, you know, I'm up, I'm done, I'm back, I'm ready to go. Yeah, there are worse things to get to be able to walk the beach. It's <laughs> so you know, a little windy down here today, fellas. That, that's nice. We want a little breeze. I like a little breeze. So uh, thrilled to have you with us. Uh <laughs> I saw you in the green room, Jody, and I were kind of discussing. So we'll start there. The most important acquisition for the Philadelphia Eagles in all, it's obviously Joukowsky Tart, but besides Tart, if you were to say all the big name additions, the A.J. Browns, the Son Reddicks, the James Bradburys, you probably heard me waxing about Jordan Davis and his in, potential impact on this particular defense, who do you think is the biggest piece that Howie Roseman has added? By the way, how much uh, content did Tart give you? <laughs> well, there's this interesting third, disconnect. Third with day the running, base. Mikey. Yeah. 
But I want I want to talk to you about that too, Mike, because you get to engage uh, with the fan base as well as Jody. So we'll get to Dart, but you have this interesting disconnect. Some people think he's great. Yes, yeah. Ronnie Lott coming in, and others, you know, realize, hey, it's mid June. You're getting a, a better minimum deal. So I'll throw Tart into the original question. Maybe he's well, the most important piece. Uh, well, to answer your question, your first question, I, I, I'm kind of torn. I heard you talking about Davis, and I tend to want to put Davis in there if – now, John Gannon said otherwise. Are you going to call your defense differently? No, not really. Well, I don't really believe him. He's lying. If he does change <laughs> the way that his defense is called because of this particular player – that could have a big impact on everybody else, which means, to me, the guy that I'm really excited about seeing would be N'Kobe Dean and how a linebacker will finally look playing in this defense. And from all that you know, we're hearing is he's, he's very smart. He might wear, you know, he might be the guy who's the captain of the defense. I mean, he might be that guy who's all over the field, makes plays, we might not be bringing him up first, guys, because we're not used to seeing a playmaking linebacker on this defense. So I'm hopeful that he's the guy at the end of the year we say, man, what a difference it was bringing in a linebacker for this defense. So um, obviously, A.J. Brown's got to be at the top of that conversation, too. You hope. If not, that's that's not good. If, if at the end of the year we're talking about A.J. Brown – with 875 yards and four touchdowns, we're probably disappointed yeah. in what ended up happening. You need a guy yeah. to get you 1,200 yards, right? This is what you brought this guy in finally for. Yeah. And I think he's got a better chance to get 1,200 than 800. And he better get more than four touchdowns. Otherwise, you're right. Uh, your phone lines, my phone lines, are feed here. Uh, people will not be happy with that as a production year for uh, Mr. Brown. Some people are suggesting that the Eagles might have an issue on their hands in that there's only one football to go around. That if we want to see Brown get 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns, and we want to see Devontae Smith improve off last year and add to his yards and his touchdowns, we know Dallas Goddard's numbers are going to go up because he had to share it with Ertz for the first five, six weeks of the season. We know the Eagles are going to throw the football more. Is Jalen Hurts going to be able to spread the ball around enough to three very significant targets this upcoming year? Yeah, and your buddy Jeff Kerr was on with me Monday and even suggested the Eagles should make a run for Odell Beckham. And I said, well, ah, come on, Jeff. Isn't that him. the problem they had in Cleveland oh. was they just didn't have, you know, you had him and Landry. I mean, there was just you know, the two running backs there. Um, you just had too much. I, look, I think that this offense is probably – made for spreading the ball around with this particular quarterback. You don't have a guy who I think is going to just zone in, lock in on one particular guy. If they run the ball, that should help him kind of find his guy um, that he feels most comfortable with at some point. And I would imagine you would see the three guys, Brown, Smith, Goddard, get a majority of the targets here and that there would be enough for those three guys to go around. You would imagine – they're going to throw the ball more than they did last year. But somebody brought this up to me on my show. I, I think it was a caller that suggested, what if they don't change the offense? What if they run and that the plays that were in there in the passing game last year that weren't made by Jalen Rager, that weren't made by Quez Watkins, and Smith maybe wasn't ready to kind of carry the load himself. 
What if those same plays are there and you have A.J. Brown making those plays instead of somebody else? Could the offense look similar with just better pieces making those plays that weren't made last year? I thought that was a pretty interesting thought. I don't see them running the ball as much, but are we just writing off that the run game is going to be a big factor in this offense again, specifically with this offensive line? Like, Wouldn't that be not utilizing a strength if you didn't continue to use the run in pretty high volume? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a fair point. I think it would be almost a dereliction of duty if Nick Sirianni went away from the running game completely. This organization led the NFL in rushing. They have a quarterback who was outside of Lamar Jackson, uh, I, I believe led the league in yards per rushing attempt. Miles Sanders was second at 5.5. Uh, in, 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 and it was tops tied uh, for the top number amongst running backs. Jordan Howard's effective. Uh, Boston Scott was effective behind this offensive line. Kenny Gainwell was effective. Mike Gill was effective, I believe. Anybody can run the football behind this offensive line. And A.J. Brown, by the way, already comes from a run-first offense. He was exactly. with Derrick Henry. So he's not the kind that's going – He's not going to be the diva type that says, don't run the football. I I do think it would be a mistake if the Eagles went completely away from the running game. But here's the problem with that, Mike, and I want to run this by. you got to make a decision on Jalen Hurts. And, it, it, you know, you could say you can kick the can down the road because you still have more time after this season. But, again, we keep – the assumption that you're always going to be able to strike. It was already proven wrong this offseason because the draft, right? The draft class, not a lot of great quarterbacks. Um, next year, you have two first-round picks again. The draft class is supposed to be better. Who knows who's available on the veteran market? But you can't just always assume that the moment you're ready – the quarterback's going to be there. You have right. to make a decision on the quarterback of this team. Can you do that just being as run heavy as the Eagles were? Kind of a interesting, like there's a whole other conversation here. By the way, who Sam Howell was supposed to be the first pick in the draft. If yeah. we were having this conversation, he Carson was, Strong was well, some people. Well, right. The North Carolina quarterback, he was the number one pick. Yeah. And he wasn't even a first-round pick when it all – so things could change. You're right about that. Number two, I, you know, this whole thing, though, let me disagree with you, Gil. Spencer Rattler was supposed to be the number one pick. Of the Spencer, well, not, Spencer not, was not, in the conversation. Yeah. Al, Al was in the conversation, but Spencer – and Spencer Rattler is playing for who now? South, South Carolina. Carolina. He's already – South Carolina. Carolina. Right. How about going from number one pick in the draft, Oklahoma? Yeah, you're a Gamecock now, Spencer. Yeah. Good job by you. All right. Sorry to interrupt, Mike. I apologize. But, you know, there's only so many guys that can play this position. You're always looking for this ghost that I always say that really doesn't exist, this franchise quarterback. There's only so many of them. So it depends, John. What's the line of demarcation of success that you feel like we're winning with this guy, right? We're winning games. We're making the playoffs. We go deep in the playoffs. Is it? Look, San Francisco said Jimmy G got us to the Super Bowl. But we just don't think you can win that one game, so we have to replace you. So how far or what does it take for the Eagles to say, 
you've got us as far as you can get us, but we have to make a change because that's it. You know, uh, I remember I was having, I'll name drop here, right? I was having dinner with Rod Thorne one night. He's a West Virginia. Yeah. Guy, okay. So the two West Virginia compadres are having a conversation. And he says, you know, we just thought that Andre and Thad and that group, that was as far as they were going to get us. We they, they, they did a great job, but they got us as far as we thought we could go. That was it. They traded for Andrew Bynum because they didn't think that group could get them any further. So how far do the Eagles brass feel? Let's say Jalen Hurts takes them to the NFC Championship game and they lose. Do they say, he got us to the NFC Championship game, that's great? Or do they say, he got us there, but that's all he is. That's as good as he's going to be. I think it's really how much they value him inside that front office. And I think they value him a lot. I really do. I think if they he got him to the NFC Championship game, I can't imagine that they would be looking to replace him. You agree? It comes, it comes down to you defining he got them too. Like yeah. did Jimmy well, G did Jimmy yeah. G get the 49ers to the championship game last year? Or was it the Niners defense and their coaching staff? Yeah, but that's where I feel like some of these teams – that's where I feel like some of these teams have flawed my – like, if that's the style of your team, what's the difference who the quarterback – you know what I'm saying? If the problem is – Well, here's the difference, Mike. People don't want to keep that style of play. They don't want to be that style, even though that style fit them. That's fair. Because Kyle Shanahan, you know, there's some ego there. Everybody knows who watches this show. I have tremendous respect for Kyle Shanahan. I think he's the best play caller in the NFL, uh, but he's got an ego. He decided on the way to the Super Bowl, when they made the Super Bowl, that he wanted to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. And I tell Jody all the time, it was in the divisional round against Minnesota. He threw this terrible interception. I think it was Eric Kendricks who, who picked it off, and he just stopped throwing a ball. He turned into a run first team in the playoffs and just out physicaled everybody, got all the way to the Super Bowl. And oh, by the way, should have won the Super Bowl, but they kind of crapped the bed in the fourth quarter. By the way, um, wasn't it Jaquaski Tart who dropped that interception in the NFC Championship game? Last year. This yeah. Last year, yeah. Uh, Tart. And they, but they've made with Jimmy Garoppolo, they've made the final four two out of three years. Then one year they didn't. It was because of injuries and Nick Bosa getting hurt and all that. Yeah, They have a, they have a great team. And they're really, if you want to talk about the template of what the Eagles are trying to build it, they're trying to build into being the 49ers with the limited quarterback, but they have a good roster, good talent, and the 49ers have proven you could make significant runs. But through the whole point, uh, through the whole run of the 49ers, the head coach knows he's got to get better at quarterback. Is it better to understand that and always be trying to do it? And we'll see what Trey Lance does. Or is it better to be hemming and hawing and saying, let's wait and see? You know, Jody, you're a baseball guy. Isn't this city the perfect city? The Phillies won the World Series with Jamie Moyer and Joe Blanton. They go out and get Cliff Lee and Roy Halladay, and they can't get out of the playoffs. (laughs) World Series, yeah. Right. Sometimes, like this, we're so enamored by the, the, the next best thing, and sometimes the next best thing or the best thing isn't what's right for your situation. And I feel like if you have a defense and you have a run game, and a quarterback who can just beat make like you know, like when they got Donovan, 
it wasn't, hey, throw the ball 55 times. It was run around, make a couple plays. Make a couple plays with your legs, throw one deep down the field. Hopefully, Pinkston runs underneath of it because that's what kind of team we are. Now, they never won a Super Bowl with that, but they had a ton of success. Sometimes you're always thinking about what you really want to be when you're you have something in front of you that if you just keep going with that style and continuity and keep building, building towards something. It's like, do you want to win the Super Bowl this year or do you want to think about winning the Super Bowl three years from now? Which one is your goal here? What What is your, you know, what is the pie in the sky here? The 2022 Super Bowl or the 2025 Super Bowl? Sometimes you're trying to serve too many masters and then you end up with nothing. All right, since you went there, I'm going to take even further down that rabbit hole with one of my favorite hypothetical questions. Um, Jalen Hurts is good enough. He's not top 10, but he certainly improved. And the Eagles, because in part what Jalen Hurts brings to the table, but an improved defense and can still run the ball effectively with the best offensive line in the league. All those things are into the mix. The Eagles make the championship game and the Eagles go, I heard Mike Gill, he made a great point that you're really going to break something up that's getting you to a championship game. So the Eagles make their mind up. We're giving Jalen Hurts another year. Now we got to deal with the whole, what do you do with the contract? Do you pay him or not? We're not even going to deal with it. We'll put that aside too. Right. Jalen Hurts is the quarterback for 2023 and everybody in the uh, Care complex is happy about it. They got two first round draft picks this year coming up. Major speculate. We don't know where they're going to land. We don't know who's going to play how well this year. I'm asking Mike Gill to look 12 months in the future into his uh, crystal ball. What two positions would you say the Eagles would most lean toward using that first round draft pick, Don? If you want to combine the two and move up and go, Jody, no, they need one. They got one positional need, and it's so important. I would give both of the draft picks to move up. Because, oh, by the way, the Eagles, we got the Eagles doing well because Jalen's playing well, and I think the Saints are going to be okay. John and I disagree on this a little bit. John thinks the Saints made a mistake by doing some of the moves they made this year with a first-year coach who didn't win his first time as a head coach in the NFL. I actually think they're going to be – if Jameis stays healthy, I think they're going to be above 500. Um, But you you could combine the two picks to get up to number seven, number eight. You can take just one. Which way would you go, one or two? And if you're going two and or one, what are the positions we're talking about? Well, the same thing's interesting because at a time, Jameis Winston was the number one overall pick in the draft. So, again, just because you get a quarterback up there doesn't necessarily mean you're taking a guy that's really changing the, the whole fortunes of your franchise here. Now, the Saints have a very good offensive situation, so I think they'll probably be like a 9-8 and eight type of team or somewhere in that range. I don't think they're going to be completely crashing, but – Oh, man, how does this season go, really? I mean, you you have a situation where it's hard to answer that question based on we don't know what the season is. I would have to imagine, though, you're going to look for another edge rusher to replace, like, Brandon Graham, that whole crew. So probably somebody in that mold that will be that new edge rusher that will be the guy on your defensive front that will basically be the anchor of that defense. So then you have – Jordan Davis, you've got this new end, Nicobe Dean. I can't imagine they draft a safety in that first round. So I would imagine you possibly package to move up to go get that home run, slam dunk, 
defensive uh, end that is that disruptor for your defense. So now you have, you know, that group up front, the linebacking core oddly sounds like it, you know, with Dean and hopefully, um, you know, you got Davion Taylor, who was a, a young kid who possibly could be, uh, I don't know what to think of him. I mean, he was a guy they liked last year, then he gets hurt. Yeah. He's very athletic. But if you have Dean and Taylor, th- those two guys are very athletic playing in this linebacker. Um, I guess corner would be the other spot. You got to figure out what to do. You got Slay, who's getting older. Bradbury's probably just a stopgap. So I would think defensive end and corner would be those spots if you have those two picks. And if you only have one, if you're going to package them together, if there's one of the other that stands out, you probably make the trade to go get that standout player at corner or defensive end. One of yeah. either of those two. Gotcha. Always, always, you know, with the Eagles, it's it's easy. Uh, always default to offensive and defensive line. You, you, you're you're most likely going to be correct, no matter what. I, I um, guess too on that on the offensive line. I mean, at some point, Lane Johnson is going to be getting into yeah. that Jason Kelsey realm, yeah. where almost every year you're wondering when that's going to be it for him. Your left side seems pretty good for the next ten years. You hope uh, the center spot they took care of the draft this year. They they hope. I guess right guard will be something they look at in training camp. If Driscoll wins that position, and he's a younger player, you probably have him for the next five, four, five, six years. So I guess right tackle would be the only other spot in the line that you would value that high in the draft that you would, you know, consider. Howie, no matter how many times Howie says it, and he says every year, if it's even, he defaults. And he said it again this year when he took Jurgens at 51. If it's even, and the Eagles claim it was even at that point for Jurgens and Nicobe Dean, he's always taking the offensive team. Always, always, always. And nobody will listen to the poor guy. So it's always a good bet, at least from a from a prop standpoint, to go offensive, defensive line with the Eagles uh, at the top of the draft. Um, I didn't say quarterback, Jody. Yeah. yeah that, now, continuity, and that's where we're going. Hypothetical well, rules. What you did mention before, Mike, is continuity uh, with this particular team. They did sign a lot of guys to one-year deals, one-year prove-it deals. And, you know, that's part of doing business in the NFL. That's kind of how you fill spots. You put the Band-Aids on. You mentioned Bradbury. Look, if he plays well, he's going to get a lot of money. Uh, Kaiser White's on a one-year deal. uh, Tart's on a one-year deal. you almost have to start thinking about remaking the secondary if you're looking forward. But my question for 2022 is, do you think the Eagles lean a little bit too heavily on, on these one-year deals? Uh, or, or is it just, you know, the, the way you should be doing business? No. In fact, I talked about this the other day in, 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 in I was, um, uh, in our football at four segment with, with Jeff Mosher, we, we brought this up that, this offseason feels very much like what they did in 17. I feel like they said, look, that was our blueprint. I think the last couple of years, and I think Howie admitted this, we thought we had this window and we did some things that we wouldn't normally do because we thought we were right there and we went for it and it backfired on us and we had a 4-10-12 and season because of it. I think they went back to the blueprint and said, what did we do that helped us win? And started to go back down that road and said, look, we drafted these guys, we built the lines, and then we filled in these other spots with these one-year prove-it deals. 
in hopes that those guys, you know, Patrick Robinson had a career year. LeGarrette Blunt came in. He had a huge impact. Chris Long came in. He had a big impact. So it feels very similar that they said, let's bring in these guys, one-year deals, make them prove it. Also, what gets lost in the sauce, too, you got Tart, been to a Super Bowl, been started 64 games, started in the NFC Championship game, played on a good team. Even if he doesn't start, he's creating competition for Epps and Harris that they both don't just get handed a job, and it makes it a more competitive atmosphere in training camp. If you don't have him there, who's challenging Epps and Harris for that safety spot? So there's a lot of moves that are similar to that road that they said, one-year deals, these guys need to prove it. We're using them to help the guys that we've invested in perform better, and you hope it all clicks and you get the right guys like they did that time. So, no, I, I think the one-year deal – look, all sports should be giving out one-year prove-it deals. I mean, come on, these five-year deals – somebody told me Gene Segura signed a five-year deal five years ago, and you think he was five years younger – and you're like, he's still on that deal. Like these five-year deals, 10-year deals. I mean, how different are you from 10 years ago? Well, uh, Bryce Harper only signed a 13-year deal. Uh, yeah. So we can take it to its ultimate goal. Um, I got to give you credit, Gil, because you start down a rabbit hole when you let me uh, take you continually down it. At my next question, you led right into it. Camp competition. I'll give you the spots. Linebacker, three for two. Edwards, Dean, White, only two guys on the field at the same time. Who's going to get the most snaps? Two out of those three guys. Safety, well, besides Tart, who's going to be a pro bowler. Uh, where is the competition going to go? Who's going to win? Who's going to get the most starts? Wide receiver three, the teacher's pet, Zach Pascal. How much is he going to cut into Quez Watkins as their number three wide receiver? Uh, and right guard, which I think uh, Sam Alu is going to grab it, and there's not going to be a competition, but some people truly believe there will be a competition there. What's going to be the best? I made you go 10 months in advance the next year's draft. I'm only taking you two months down the road here, Mike. In camp, what's going to be the best competition for a position starter for the Eagles this year? Uh, I think linebacker is the most – well, linebacker – is the most fascinating in terms of they finally have multiple guys that you're interested in. Now, I was I was on with you guys right after they signed Kaiser White, and I was a big fan of that deal. I think he got one up by getting Dean, and now I'm interested to see how they work him into the lineup. I'm wondering if they would have signed White had they known they could get Dean in the third round. You got Davion Taylor, who they seem to like, is maybe the most athletic guy of that group, but was hurt last year, and we obviously know his story with – the lack of football experience he has. So there's his strike. Edwards is the guy that you're almost like, man, there's some of these other cool toys. He just seems like the safe toy, but he might be the best toy. He's the one that doesn't get you injured. You know, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. Uh, not with Edwards. He's the guy who's going to basically keep you in tow. Um, so they've got a lot of interesting decisions at that linebacker spot. I'm really interested in that. But what I'm also interested in, is how does John Gannon utilize the defensive line? Is it a rotation? Who plays together? Fletcher Cox and Hargrave and Jordan Davis, they don't seem to match together so much. 
Do they play them in pairs? Is it, hey, we're going to go old school with Fletcher and Javon, and then you guys are going to come out, and it'll be Jordan and you know somebody else together. We're going to go three, Jordan on the nose with Sweat and Redick. How he kind of designs his fronts, I think, is maybe not a competition, but certainly something to keep an eye on in terms of even Derek Barnett, who I know we talked about when they signed him, is this is a guy who was a first-round pick, gets to the quarterback, start it. If he just doesn't make the penalties, you're probably not as angry at this guy. But if he's playing in a role where he's just rushing the passer and a guy like Jordan Davis is sucking up two blockers, can Derek Barnett get eight sacks? You say no. Okay. Yeah, Jody Jody is not the biggest. He's not the president of the Derek Barnett band. Nor am I, but again, the, the guy does have some talent. He just No, he de- definitely I'm more towards your I just don't see the time. The Eagles are so deep on the defensive line. Yeah. I don't I don't see where Derek Barnett's gonna get the playing time to do something what, like that. Here's a question. What room does Reddick go to for his positional coach? They said uh, that, didn't they, they John? Yeah, they, 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 have their, have. they have three room rooms. They have, they have changed uh, the coaching staff. Jeremiah Washburn uh, teaches the pass rushers uh, on a daily basis. So what what JG calls the overhang players. So that's uh, the Reddicks, the Sam linebackers, and essentially the defensive ends. They're in one room. The interior defensive linemen are with Tracy Rocker. Uh, Jody and I were talking about this. This is my theory. They're running. They're going to run Vic Fangio's defense. Um, uh, that kind of framework where you have three interior players, two overhang players uh, on the front. And he was at um, OTAs, right? Uh, Vic. Yeah. I. I was it. I. Steve Sarkeesian. I didn't see Vic. If he was there, I didn't see him. Somebody. Um, uh, somebody was on. I think it was Adam Kaplan was telling me that Fangio was at one of the practices. He. He might have been. I didn't see him if he was there. Uh, the Eagles aren't alone. About 35% of the league is going to run Vic Bangio's defense. My question is, if you want Vic Bangio, why don't you hire Vic Bangio? <laughs> but that's a, he's taking the year off. Maybe but, next offseason. It winds up yeah, perfectly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and, and when you start to figure that, I'm talking about expectations, Mike, and I'll leave it here with you. At Mike Gill's show, listen to Mike, 97.3 ESPN South Jersey, 2 to 6 today. Uh, drive time down there. Um, you mentioned Gannon. You obviously have to talk about the quarterback. Nick Sirianni kind of going under the radar. Every, everybody's happy with Nick Sirianni. But if the the expectations aren't met, obviously the head coach is going to start to feel the heat pretty quickly. So who do you think has the most to lose this year if the Eagles underachieve? You think it's the coach? You think it's the quarterback? You think it's the defensive coordinator? Well, I, uh, there's, that's a good question. There's a three-prong because the defensive coordinator was interviewing for head coaching jobs, and if his defense doesn't perform, that could hurt his job, his higher ability as a guy that was the hot candidate. We've seen it before. You know, locally, Greg Roman here was the name that was going to get head coaching jobs, head coaching jobs, and then all of a sudden his name just fell off the radar for head coaching jobs um, as the offenses that he ran weren't, you know, what uh, what he was um, in San Francisco when his name was the head, you know, he was right there. He was getting head coaching jobs. Now he, I don't even think he's interviewed for head coaching jobs. 
So Gannon might be the guy that, you know, has the most to lose in terms of his personal career, right? If our defense is – you gave me Reddick, you got me Jordan Davis, I got Nicobe Dean, I went out and got James Bradbury. Uh, all of a sudden, I got a lot of toys that I didn't have last year, and I got head coaching jobs. So people must have liked what he did with Little last year. Now we got more. If you don't perform, does his uh, higher ability go down the go down the drain a little bit? So – um, in terms of personal, probably him. The The question about Sirianni is interesting. Like, should this roster have more expectations? And are we holding our expectations back because this coach is such an unknown? Hmm. I yeah. think there's significant expectations. That's what I'm concerned with. I think they're a little bit overblown, the expectations. You think it's we're, we're, we're dampening, we're tampering, uh, we're, because that surprises me a little bit. I I get that this. Well, I mean, really I feel like you're right. I feel like people think this team is all of a sudden going to be pretty good again. Yeah. But it's just not like irrationally like Super Bowl or bust kind of good. It'll gotcha. be very interesting to see how it plays out if Nick Sirianni goes down the Doc Rivers hole of what do you mean expectation? There were no expectations coming into this year. <laughs> I think Sirianni's smarter yeah. than that. Uh, Mike Gill, smart guy, when we're talking football, we appreciate it whenever you jump aboard with us. Thanks much. Go out and walk the beach again. I got a guest for you today on my podcast, Jody. Who's that? Larry Colmus, man, the voice of the Triple Crown. Very nice. Oh, wow. Horse racing today. Horse racing spot. Those Uh, guys are tremendous. I can't wait for this guy to tell his story, man. I can't. uh, Horse racing announcers. They're unbelievable. That's a breed right there. I have yeah. never attempted to do that, and I wouldn't even want to try. Me neither. It's impossible. No, I think guys I do think... it every day, and they get it right every single. So it's they all sound the same. It's impossible they all for you, John McMullen. It's impossible it's for impossible me. For it's me. impossible for my Gill. But yeah. they do it every single day well, across the country. They all have the same cadence. I don't have that cadence. They all have it. How do you do the cadence? I just can't make out the seven horse because of the color of its silks on the backstretch through binoculars and be able to call them one after the other, after the other, after. That's the amazing part of it. Uh, Mikey Gill, we got to run. I appreciate you coming on board, bud. We'll get you back in a couple of weeks. See ya. Mike Gill, Sports Bash down the shore here with us on Birds 365. All right, running late, come back. You know what we're going to do? Put a bow on the show. News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. <laughs> She did it. 
again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Thursday edition coming up tomorrow. Know for a fact Paul Domwich will be here. Now, if Domo doesn't show, I'm going to look like such an idiot. But at least I did exchange texts with him, yeah. and he said he could come on the show. Unlike Les Bowen, who I forgot to text back yesterday, and we scrambled and got Les up. Thank you, Les. Thank you, Mike Gill, for hopping on board. Both of those guys uh, came up large for us today. Uh, Eagles moves today, John McMullen. We going to get the details on the Jaquiski tart contract uh howie rosen got any other signings up no you know i was looking league? at the uh i was looking at the transaction wire it hasn't been on there yet so i think it's going to be uh a little bit longer but uh just a matter of the time of year i do want to mention right at the start of the show and the ravens have confirmed and this is terrible but uh jalen ferguson passed away their outside linebacker 26 jody 26 years old um no details on on how, but obviously that's uh, a tremendously sad story. Uh, third round pick, good player, Jalen Ferguson of the Ravens. Uh, so we send out condolences to him and his family and the Ravens. Uh, and also Roger Goodell will be in front of uh, Congress today. Uh, virtually, so that's that's going to be the big news. And- All right, so get, give me a prediction. More covering for Dan Snyder or throwing under the bus of Dan Snyder? That's a good question. I I think the league has reached that tipping point where they're trying, they're on board with getting rid of Daniel Snyder. So I think typically you think of Roger Goodell, and I always call him the highest paid lightning rod in the world. Uh, He does a tremendous job at it. I think, you know, the tipping point of the league, and remember by the league, I'm saying the other 31 owners is like, uh, this guy is is a little bit too much to deal with. And uh, JacobSports.com is it popped up there. You follow us there. Uh, this is, you know, time of the year. And 
when when the NFL commissioner uh, is in front of Congress, you're going to see a lot of posturing as well. So you're going to see some fireworks. Should be uh, interesting. And you and I will be back here tomorrow to talk Roger Goodell and Daniel Snyder and if and when the Jaquesky Tart uh, contract details come out. You up for it? Yeah. Uh, five years, $150 million for Jaquesky Tart. Is that where we're at? That, a good yeah. prediction out of you. That, yeah. would, that, would, that would catch me a little bit by surprise. Uh, McMullen and I will be back here tomorrow for another episode. We're into the 300 mode, 300 plus. We'll be here uh, in two and two. Manana. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.